We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Sean Siegel, the co-owner of Rotoviz. He's also the co-host of this show, the co-host of Stadium Bananas. He was also the co-drafter, co-manager of our uh, FFPC baseball team that came second in the, in the contest, along with Blair Andrews. And on today's show, Sean, we are being joined by the man who. I did this, I guess we'll say, came one spot higher uh, as the champion, uh, took home the top prize of $100,000. That is Connor O'Driscoll. And uh, Connor, it's been, uh, it was a real fun run over the last couple of weeks. Even before we got to the final stage, we had been, you know, talking a little bit about your team and how good it was going. And obviously, it advanced to the finals and we were facing off against you. We talked about, you know, the dream scenario was a road of his one, two. And, Obviously, the dream scenario for me and Sean and Blair was that we were number one. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> my dream scenario was one two at me ahead, and your dream scenario was one two at you guys ahead. Exactly, exactly. But it worked out in really, really a successful season in terms of baseball again for Rotoviz. It was a really fun contest over at the FFPC. I will mention at the start because I don't want to forget to do it. But if you aren't already following Connor on Twitter, you can follow him at Drico Out, which is D R I C O. O-U-T, well worth a follow, and obviously he can now brag that he has defeated us. Uh, you know, Sean uh, doing stealing bananas uh, when I was editing it earlier today. Sean did go to the the Talladega Nights, uh, you know, saying, and that that's something that I I often joke about. I was joking about it with some people after it, but Sean put it out there that if you're not first, you're basically you know second place is the first loser. So there's only one first place in this, and that was Connor. So. Welcome to the, the Road of His OT show, Connor, and congratulations on the, the victory. Thank you so much. I've I've been a uh, a Road of His subscriber for so long. Like I think I uh, um, almost I ha- I have I, I forget the exact year, but almost a decade. Uh, I've been following you guys for so long. So uh, it really it really is a, such an honor to be uh, to be on here. 
and uh, definitely definitely a crazy scenario for me to be up against you guys in the final of the tournament and uh, to, to come out ahead uh, like just 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 an amazing experience yeah it was super and uh, i was even talking to connor yesterday when we were setting this up and we were talking about like not only was it a rotoviz one two but it's like there's two Irish guys that are with Rotoviz that are, are in those two teams. So it's a, a really unique, even more unique achievement with the, the Irish connections. But Sean, I know you talked about it in some of your articles over the last couple of weeks, and we've talked about it on the show, but this team was a, an absolute juggernaut uh, from the very beginning. And we've mentioned that it, it missed out on Dalvin Cook over the last two weeks, basically with no product. Like, you know, he wasn't last in the starting three weeks. Last, last three, three weeks. Didn't use the score the last three weeks of the tournament. And I know we were DMing back and forth, uh, Connor, but the last four weeks, I believe, in terms of what you put up with the, the scoring as well. So, yeah, last four weeks, it was uh, 795 points. So more or less 200 points a week for four weeks straight. And, I mean, that that feels amazing, but it's also, it's a, in a, like, obviously I'm so delighted to have won, uh, but it's a weird feeling too because I'm telling myself, I don't think I can ever draft a team that good ever again. Well, Connor, it was an absolutely amazing team. And, uh, you know, maybe the one silver line, well, there are multiple silver linings for us. I mean, the, the main thing was just to have Rotoviz go one, two. It was so exciting to have you there. And you're one of our favorite people. It's, it's a blast to have you on the show today. I've been looking forward to this. Just very exciting. Um, the other silver lining, of course, is just that your team was better. I mean, your team was absolutely unbelievable. You, know, you and I were talking a little bit yesterday. You have that near 200-point average and that came without necessarily even a ton of contribution from the earliest drafted guys. Now, you got A.J. Brown back at a big moment. He put up huge points for you in week 16. That got you off to a great start and made, I think, the rest of that weekend a little bit less stressful, which is always nice. Uh, but you have a start here with Dalvin Cook, A.J. Brown, uh, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown. Those three guys, during so much of the offseason – we have sort of discussed how that's one of the big advantages of drafting early, that you could actually get that trio of players. And in many cases, you could get you know Christian McCaffrey, who would be even better. Now, it didn't turn out that way since he was hurt, but how good did you feel coming out of the draft with those three? And then kind of what are your thoughts on it, that they actually weren't the players who carried you to the championship? <laughs> yeah, it is funny. Yeah, like uh, we, drafted, we, we drafted those three, and uh, we were at the 103 spot. So obviously we're happy to get uh to get Dalvin for the 103, and then I, I I actually can't remember the exact order now. I think it was AJ Brown in the second round, and then we're like, oh, these guys are gonna we're gonna get Justin Jefferson too, and uh, that's just anytime you can start a draft like that, it feels amazing because I don't even think that that would be that common. So being able to start a draft in a unique way, a unique combination. And getting players that good, it was a great feeling. A really, really great feeling. And it definitely made us feel confident for the rest of the draft. And But yeah, like you said, in the end, in the finals and in week 17, we uh, from those three players combined, we only got 11.8 points. Now, that 11.8 from uh, Justin Jefferson was obviously absolutely uh, crucial. But it, 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 I think you were saying this. It's it, it, it really goes to show, hey, it's not just the first three rounds. Literally every pick is crucial. You really have to have a plan 
for each pick and 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 how how it all fits in with the rest of your your roster and um was really was really really pleased with the structure i think you you've been very very kind with your words in describing all the uh you all the the, the correct points we hit and so to see it all come together at the at the literally the exact moment that we needed it uh was uh was really nice and you mentioned it all coming together and yet the one big thing that didn't work out for you in week 17 was not having Kirk Cousins. When we felt pretty, I mean, it was, it was hard for us to watch Baker Mayfield on the final night with the way that he played, but within the context of your situation where the Vikings really kind of destroy the value of both Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, I mean, Jefferson was absolutely huge this season. We had talked with, Ben, last night I was mentioning that he was a wide receiver. He, he was a wide receiver three or worse, only 16% of the time. Obviously, one of those weeks was the last week. It looked like you had it locked up, right? I mean, it looked like you guys were definitely going to win. What were your feelings as you watched that Vikings game and kind of that combined with the Dalvin or the Devontae Adams game that pulled us back in a little bit? What was kind of going through your mind and your heart during that game? If I'm being fully honest, and, and this is probably a bit of a mea culpa, at about 6 or 7 o'clock, so about, roughly speaking, just after Debo Samuels caught that, uh, he caught a touchdown pass to put us over uh, Musio, I was like, okay, this is like a 99% thing. I can relax now. I can feel comfortable. And then I, I look again, and uh, you guys had Rashad Penny go nuts. Uh, Noah Fant went nuts. And... I was like, okay, I yeah, uh, I better, I better reevaluate uh, how I feel about this because then you, you obviously you had uh, Devante Adams still to go, and uh, Jarvis Landry on Monday night as well, and uh, so I went in, I went into that game feeling pretty, pretty tense, and I'm watching the game and I'm like, okay, so I know Sean Mannion isn't the best, but he still has to throw a, a lot of times to Justin Jefferson, so at the very least. At the very least, hopefully I can get some PPR points there. They said that uh, obviously the plan will be to uh, to rush a lot too, so that will go to Dalvin. The Green Bay uh, defense is, is, I guess, that the talk was that, hey, they're not too strong against the run. Um, but the, I guess the thing about that is uh, when that's all they really have to stop, like that goes out the window. And then um, Devante Adams, he just he, 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 had the, he had the one big catch on the first drive. Then he did it again, and I'm like, oh, please just start running the ball. Please start running the ball. And uh, so then, then he caught the touchdown, and in, in my head, I was like, okay, I, 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 I don't think we're going to win this anymore. I think that's it. And uh, then halftime hit. They just, I guess, they, they went to their grand game. Um, even when they did throw it, they are throwing to other people. I think he only had two more catches, and uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously, he, he picked up some uh, garbage time points to bring him up and and then we got to use him in a score and so it was a it was a, a very very topsy turvy and then uh, and then you look at you look at the uh, what what you guys needed to win after that 11 and a half points from Jarvis Landry I, I knew immediately hey that is literally the toss up of all toss ups like that's literally, literally if if you ask me sight unseen what's his 50-50 it would be that you look up any of the projections that was his median. You look up uh, the, the the box scores. He 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 uh, 
it was about his average and he hit it 50 percent of the time and he missed it 50 percent of the time uh so just very very it went from like pure elation to complete crash i guess back to being uh, extremely nervous yeah we we were on the opposite end obviously uh, the whole way throughout it but there was a point through the day so like i had told my wife that we were in the final these were some of the outcomes that could happen and then like she came in a few times and she was saying how's it going and i was like oh there's one guy who we really love but he's like not on our team and he's having like scoring a lot and as, as i was telling her that he caught the third touchdown i was like well we're definitely not going to win now so on the opposite side kind of what was happening and then we also had the situation where you mentioned the debo samuel uh touchdown reception and i was talking to sean off air yesterday after we finished recording our show and i was saying like the whole way through the day i was kind of watching those five teams with debo so i was kind of like if debo doesn't score we're in a good place and then when that one went down it felt like that was the the final dagger i guess for us but like you mentioned there was a couple of players who did hit at the exact same time and all of a sudden we were in the race and even when it was going into the packers game I didn't feel like uh, first place would have been attainable at that point because, like you said, you would still expect with you know the opportunities would come the way Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook that they would get into your lineup and put up some points. And it felt like second place was probably where we were heading. But when it got to halftime, um, it was really within you know touching distance almost. And I, I did message uh, you after that, you know, when the game finished and Justin Jefferson caught that. You know pass after the vikings had swapped quarterbacks and it felt like that was like the difference because you mentioned the 50 50 element of what landry could do that brought it from i think maybe 9.7 points to the 11.4 and that mightn't seem like a lot but it was like even it could have if, if he hadn't caught that imagine how close this game would have come down to when it, it finished two and oh a half yeah point. you guys would have been, like, been on the edge that entire time it would have been uh, 0.7 roughly so very very close and uh, I was messaging uh, Curtis Patrick at halftime of the game because um, he had Adams and and his uh, best ball tournament. He was involved in as well, so we were kind of talking. We were like, "They're going to they're going to start rushing the ball here. Like they don't need to risk it." And uh, kind of that is what happened. And um, yeah, but felt like we were nowhere near it, Sean. We got a dramatic surge, and then uh, it was very very close and went all the way down to Monday Night Football, which may have been one of the worst quarterback uh, duo performances in, in Monday Night Football history because it was yeah. it was pretty bad. You guys can laugh about it, but <laughs> so it's that's a tough I guess I can laugh about it now, but uh, yeah, I was uh, I was not happy. Hey Rotoviz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RV Radio 21. That's RV Radio 21, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I would imagine uh, the stress levels were, our stress levels were high, Sean, but I can only imagine from kind of being in that comfort position of like, it's, it's right there for us. And then it starts to feel like sand going through your hands. It's, it's slipping away. We, we can laugh about it now too, obviously, because, you know, <laughs> it's done. There's not much point. In right. it. But Ben did talk on Stealing Bananas about, about Sean's perspective and the, the positivity. And I think uh, that has helped me kind of ease the pain as well. But I really enjoyed listening to the Stealing Bananas uh, on, on Wednesday where Sean was kind of trying to add some pain to Ben's day to, to balance out our, our sorrows. <laughs> That's not really true, but it was, <laughs> ah, man, it was, I, I was looking at kind of something else earlier today as I was getting ready for the show and noticed uh, I was in the expected points portion of the Rotoviz Weekly Explorer and saw Jarvis Landry there at 17.7. And, you know, approximately eight points under that in terms of negative FPOE. And it just, it, it reinforces again, those 10 targets, Baker Mayfield, obviously not delivering them very well. Once we got to the point where it's just maybe one catch and you're like, it's one catch for a lot of receivers. It's probably two catches for Jarvis Landry. But then, you know, once they get down there by the goal line, it's like, well, any catch in the end zone is obviously going to work. And so that part was, it was definitely edge of your seat excitement all the way, at least for us. Again, uh, it just makes it so much easier because you won, Connor. We were just so excited for you. Take us through a little bit of the rest of that draft, right? So we had the first three picks. They were very good, but they actually didn't com- contribute a lot for you on some of these final weeks. But, I mean, for anybody who hasn't seen this, I mean, this is a team with Debo Samuel. It's a team with, obviously, Jamar Chase. It's a team with Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews, because 11 of the 12 teams in the finals had him, wasn't necessarily the difference maker on the final week, but he was a huge part of getting there for most of the teams. Now you scored so many points that it was maybe not quite as big a deal for you, but again, having that elite tight end so valuable in best ball, you had Jalen Hurts. He was huge for the regular season. You had Joe Burrow, obviously having that Burrow chase pairing was gigantic for the last, you know, for the championship week, obviously very good at some points during the season, what were your objectives as you were going through these middle rounds? We talked on the site in a number of places about how this draft really was the perfect example. If you wanted to draft a team that hit like everything that we know from Mike Beer's best ball tools, from the best ball workshop, all of these things. I mean, this was just a perfect, it was a perfect team. I mean, you guys had this unbelievable draft. Is that how it felt as you were going through it? What were you trying to do as you built this team? Yeah, it did. It did really feel uh, with every pick, uh, me and uh, my co-manager uh, Joey Zanetti, with every pick, it was like, oh, are we are we really going to be able to hit like 
this as this this cleanly. So obviously, um, you guys have talked a lot about the the need for volume at wide receiver. So we're obviously quite pleased to get uh, to start with AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson. But like you like you guys always say, if you, zero if right, well, this isn't really zero B. Or it wasn't at the draft. It, it it ended up being in the playoffs, but it wasn't at the time of the draft. If you uh, if if it's not working for you, it's because you're not drafting enough. So we really really wanted to uh, to hit on a, on a high number of wide receivers that had the upside that we were looking for. I believe, I I and I guess the other thing as well is that uh, one of one of the things that I tried really really hard at in all my teams this uh, this off season was uh, to get the elite tight end. For me, really, Mark Andrews, he was the he was the real cutoff point for me, and um, because he was somebody where like okay, like clearly the uh, the talent level is there, uh, clearly the the uh, the target share is there. There's there's some questions about the volume, but in the fifth round, I'm 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 willing to go for that upside because I think that the uh, the level of confidence about what they run pass split and the amount of and the total available pass volume, I thought that that was a little bit overconfident. Uh, so he was one of my biggest tight tight ends that I was targeting. But obviously, we uh, we wanted to, to take uh, pit stops along the way. Uh, I think uh, we had uh, we had Moster. Uh, I forget which round he was in. Uh, we were but well, we we were pleased to get him where we got him. But once we got him, we were like, okay, well, most of the uh, the really really strong slam dunk quarterbacks are gone, and we were we were okay with that. Uh, but we need we need guys with upside. Jalen Hurts, he was a guy where the upside case was was just so obvious. He rushes a lot. He's a young talent, and I guess the uh, the reason not to take him uh, was was seemingly so obvious. He. he People weren't sure whether he necessarily had the full-time job, or sorry, not the full-time job, whether he would have it for the full year. But I thought that in a, in a tournament that's as top-heavy as this, that almost didn't matter because that case, is, 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 is it, it doesn't impact the uh, expected value of the team. It's like, will, will this help us win the $100,000? And then on top of that, we had Joe Burrow. And I think... I think it was also around the time where uh, where people were questioning, hey, uh, is Joe Burrow okay? Because they were saying he was kind of turtling in training camp. Uh, he wasn't as aggressive, but it, it was just a, a situation where we didn't we didn't want to incorporate uh, overconfidence as to how things would go, and we just wanted to take the talent at the price. And uh, I guess the last point. Uh, and this is kind of funny. Uh, I had on my list, hey, I need to draft Sony Michelle in the 18th because there's a window here, and, and it was because you because because of the the podcast that you had done on um, on chip chasing where you said, hey, this is a guy where it looks like he might get traded, and if you're getting that in the 18th, um, he's barely getting drafted, so that means that if it does hit your different differentiating yourself so much and and you've obviously got you've got the clear upside there because he is he is talented he was a first round pick for 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 a reason and so it's it's i guess it's funny how that worked out it kind of looks like a yeah okay we we took the bet there didn't really work out 
and then all of a sudden he becomes this monster for us. Uh, so that I guess that that's the best I can kind of summarize the whole thing. It was probably a bit winding, but uh, what it, what it sounds like there is Sean that uh, we cost ourselves the first place by by that Sony. I mean, I just have to keep that keep that to myself. No, that's really cool. Um, it, it's awesome that it worked out that way. I think that your logic behind taking him because a lot of people aren't and he's not going to be on many teams. That in addition to just what he scored. I mean, what he scored for you was awesome for people who don't know. You mentioned how it turned into a zero running back team. You ended up having Michelle and Devin Singletary actually score a lot of points for you at the running back position the last couple of weeks. Well, we, they're the only scores that we used week 14, uh, week 15 through 17. Uh, Dalvin Cook, didn't, he didn't, he didn't, like, I guess he, there's, there are people saying, uh, yeah, so that, that's pretty much, uh, it turned into, because we, we, he didn't play week 16. And we were obviously we we're obviously disappointed when he went down, and but I was saying to Joey at the time, hey, we didn't even use the score last week, and we scored good points. Let's just hope for the same. <laughs> and and that was actually that the week he was he he wasn't even able to play he ended up being our highest uh, scoring week, which is kind of funny. And I when I put out the the zero RB watch earlier in the week, noted how those two guys just I mean they were the fantasy playoff. MVPs. I mean, those guys, along with Rashad Penny, who was the driver for our team, you know, really came through there. Another thing in terms of putting your team together with Chase and with Burrow, you also had Tyler Boyd, and he scores a touchdown in Week 17 that makes the difference. When that happened, you know, I was watching with family. I was like, that. I mean, that he's on several of the teams that plays against us, but Connor's team is going to score so many points. That's not going to be the difference. Uh, he, he's just got too many weapons that that won't even factor into his lineup. But then. That touchdown was the key. Yeah, that that did make a big difference, and I felt the same way. Hey, it's nice to have that floor at that flex spot. That feels good, especially with the the amount of points we're getting from uh, Chase. Uh, and like you said, we still had AJ Brown in play that stage. We still had Debo Samuel's to go, who who did help. We still had Justin Jefferson to go, and I guess one of the things that that did make the team uh, as strong as it was, uh, aside from those guys. We also had Gabriel Davis, who uh, I think halfway through the second quarter, he uh, he had four catches for thirty something yards. And I was like, okay, he's heavily involved. He's going to score. He could score a touchdown. They're trying a lot. And then Josh Palmer, who uh, who has worked himself into, uh, I guess, in, in into the target distribution there. But yeah, I, I I I felt the same way that like, hey, even if these top heavy guys don't get there. There's all. It feels good having th- these guys who are later in the draft, and they could help us too. But they they didn't. <laughs> Luckily, though, at the at the end, you you didn't need need all those guys. One other key you mentioned there, so the way in terms of the draft, some of the guys that it might have felt like you were getting, you know, guys maybe sliding a little bit further than they should. That's another pretty cool thing about the format of this contest. Uh, and a lot of the best ball contests is you're drafting in those twelve team league so depending on how the other players in the room are set up it can kind of change some of the the adp slightly um you also mentioned about there was a number of times this off season where certain news helped players slide so we actually were the beneficiaries of jonathan taylor at the 12th spot in our draft and obviously things did move around from early in the season to late in the season similarly like you mentioned with borrow and i'm not sure when you were drafting this team but it 
may have been like Chase obviously had the the issues in the preseason and he was sliding down draft boards. So there was lots of little changes like that that changed ADP. But a number of the leagues, and we did a show a couple of weeks back where uh, we talked about would we change anything. It was actually, I think, maybe the show with Mike Leone last week, but we talked about we probably wouldn't change anything in our overall structure and the draft, and that was because we picked at spot 12, and any of the players we would have looked to take would have been going in that kind of early part of the, the you know the next round. So we were going to have to go quite a bit ahead of, of ADP on those players. So it's interesting then when you're drafting from the tree spot, maybe some of that stuff did work into your team to, to help get those superstars, maybe three or four slots later than you would have. I know me and Sean looking through our roster, there was certain points where we maybe were two spots too late to get those guys, but we were drafting at the, the back end of the, the round. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think one, uh, I know uh, uh, there's been lots of stuff on the site about when, when, when you should do the timing of your drafts. Uh, and I think that one interesting way to look at it is in terms of like the information flow. Like at the start, at the start of the uh, the off season, you basically have no information flow, and so you've got really nothing to analyze. You've just got all of these total uncertain situations, and you want to try and think about, hey, how how do I how do, how do I draft teams that can best take advantage of that? And then later in the uh, later in the off season, I think that. It's like there's just this complete overload, and it, it becomes very, very difficult to track everything, and then it also becomes much more difficult to like objectively analyze things because it's all kind of like it's coming so thick and fast that I think you get more kind of quick instinctive reactions to it, such as like the Deshaun Watson trade rumors to the Eagles. I think if you were to like look at that like fully objectively, I think most people would say. That's, that shouldn't really impact it, but there was just so much, and I think that that helps a lot. That 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 sort of thing helps a lot later in the uh, draft season, where it's kind of like in the middle, you kind of like you get this kind of steady trickle, and so each individual piece is just that much easier to uh, to analyze. Like for example, when um, Cam Akers went down, the uh, the kind of like draft community had so long to to kind of like think through that. That it was much, it was going to be much easier to come to some kind of like most optimal, most logical conclusion where it gets a lot harder when there's like ten things like that happen at once. You obviously put together this fantastic team. You know, we talked about what we would do differently or not. Your team here, you mentioned Mostert. He was in a situation where. There was an injury, but overall, your team stayed fairly healthy. Obviously, you don't know when you pick that he's going to get hurt. Uh, that, that was an excellent selection. If he hadn't have gotten hurt, he would have played very well. This was the perfect team. You come through, you win. Uh, is there anything you feel like you learned from all of this? If you're going to try now and win again, and I assume you'll try to defend. I mean, obviously, it's going to be tough, but you're going to try and defend your title. What advice would you give to drafters in in order to be so good in 2022 i think the biggest thing for uh for me well like i guess one strategy i just mentioned but the biggest thing for me that i learned uh, from this whole kind of year and whole experience was that uh you need to be a a little bit uh nihilistic about uh player picks and be more uh be more rigid about trying to hit the principles 
and 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 get the get the the the, the pricing right and the structure right. I think that that is that is probably the biggest thing, and um, because if you look at the this team at any other than the final, let's say final two weeks, if you look at it at other individual points in time, you might say, "Oh, hey, these were terrible picks." Like for most of the season, uh, AJ Brown was a ter- was a, 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 well, given the results, was a terrible pick. You could say the same for a lot of the season with Dalvin Cook. You could say the same for a lot of the season with uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, a lot of these players were, at some points, they weren't that good. But because uh, because we got the structure right, and obviously we were lucky, we were quite lucky uh, with how things turned out. Uh, but because of the structure, we were able to carry through those rough periods. We were able to carry through points in time when uh, top draft picks, guys that we felt really confident in, weren't performing that well. So the, I, I think the biggest thing is that structure. And then I think an, an, another thing that uh, that we did um, that I don't think that I think was underused uh, in in this set of playoff year and, and and probably won't be as much next year is looking at game stacks within uh, within the playoffs. So one example of that. Uh, so I had another team. Uh, that uh, that unfortunately didn't didn't advance uh, past week fourteen, but it almost did, and it heavily game stacked uh, the Cincinnati and San Francisco game, and because and one key thing that that uh, if if it weren't for Reg uh, James Conner uh, going monster at the end, uh, it would have advanced, and one reason for that would have been um, that game went to overtime, uh, the San Francisco and Bengals game. And that got us the extra points from Burrow, extra points from Kittle. And so having those different game stacks throughout week 14, 15, whatever the playoff weeks are, and uh, not just week set, not just the final week, having that is a re it's a really good way to build correlation in uh, without having to sacrifice too much in terms of ADP because you get you get the three weeks or the or the four weeks in this case to uh to really build that correlation in so you're never having to reach too far it's going to be fun uh, me and sean talked on tuesday's show and we've teased it a few times uh you know zachary kruger and me did a best ball show last year and we're, we're looking forward to diving into that probably pretty soon probably very early um in the next uh, month or so and then sean obviously will have the best ball workshop up on the site and the tools i think uh, something like this it's amazing sometimes you want to have that break away from it and other times it just gives you that enthusiasm to jump straight back into so i'm sure you have that enthusiasm to, to dive right back into the best ball drafting uh, once we have those opportunities but i'm very excited myself as well and very excited for you to come out and, and win the tournament itself i i did have a look on twitter earlier i did see sean's obviously not using his twitter account but uh connor has updated his his profile to say 2021 ffpc best ball tournament champion uh, and it also has uh, i don't know which one of the touchdowns it is particularly but uh the first one uh jamar chase is heading to the the end zone against the chief so uh, congratulations again connor and uh, as i mentioned at the start of the show you can follow connor on twitter at draco out which is d-r-i-c-o and then the word out as always, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass. You can head over to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information. The promo code currently is still back in 2021, so it is RV Radio 2021. We will be updating that code shortly. We do have that bonus offer on, so make sure you head on over and get 
access and get yourself set up for the 2022 season. We will be back with another show on Saturday that will be coming your way. Make sure you subscribe to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed. And of course, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out all Sean's work up at rotaviz.com. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotaviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotaviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotaviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotaviz with a discount through the Rotaviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.